Welcome to Sharing the Word. I'm your host, Dr. Driver. Today I would like to go over a passage in the Bible that many probably do not think about reading or applying to their life. And that comes out of Job chapter 31. Now we could take the story of Job and say that, yes, Job was a man that went through some difficult times in his life. In a short period of time, maybe in the same day or same couple of days, he lost his cattle, he lost his his servants, he lost his children in a, in a house that was blown by wind, it was destroyed. Um, he lost many things. And then, of course, the last thing was he was stricken with boils. And that in itself, the flesh was stricken with a disease. And the whole purpose was to see if he was a man of integrity. Now, I'm not going to get into the plot of the story at this time. I want to talk about Job as the man of integrity. And because I'm talking about Job as a man of integrity, I want everyone to hear this. This is for everyone, man, woman, boy and girl, children, adults. Get the pronouns down, we're doing good. But this applies to every single person, a person of integrity. And when we look at Job chapter 31, I'm only going to take certain scriptures and focus on the themes within chapter 31 to make an illustration and to make an application of point for your life. So we know the story about Job. We know that Job not only was stricken by these boils, we know that Satan was trying to um, convince God that if if we strike Job with these hardships and we strike Job in his flesh, that he would soon turn his back on God. And God said, go ahead, do certain things to him, but do not take his life. I, for those who know the story, you know where I'm going with it. And then we know that certain... Um, Friends or three friends come and try to confront him, and then in their own, I would say, pride, arrogance, or misunderstanding of what's going on, they try to confront Job to take responsibility that the hardships he's going through is because he sinned. So that's the theme, the story, the plot of Job. But let's really look at Job chapter 31. And when I look at verses 1 through 12, Job seems to really reveal his true character or his integrity. And he reveals the matter of the heart, especially when it comes to sexual lust, cheating in business, and then, of course, marital infidelity. So he covers these components just to make a point that if he has done certain things that were bad, then maybe he does deserve the afflictions that came upon his life losing his business, losing his family, his children, and so on, and then to be stricken with uh, physical uh, you know, physical hardships, maladies within his life. Boils. I don't know if anybody really seen anybody covered with boils. I, I haven't seen a complete <laughs> uh, infestation of boils on, on a person, but I've seen um, boils like bed sores uh, with patients in nursing homes and so on. And they're, they're very, they're not comfortable. They're very painful and, and can lead to a lot of problems. So when I look at Job, I start in verse 30, uh, chapter 31, verse 1. And here, here is something that we should all think about. It is making a covenant 
between ourself and with God. Listen to me. Making a covenant between God and us, you know, with yourself and God. Just make that covenant. And Job makes a covenant with his eyes. And he says in verse 1, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a girl. Now, when you think about that, how do you make a covenant with your eyes? Well, the eyes, as the Bible says, is the window to the soul. And when we think about lustfully looking at someone, we all do it. Now, I want everybody to hear me. We all lust with our eyes, lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and so on. Lust for humans, lust for physical objects, coveting is part of that. But Job is saying, I made a covenant with my eyes. I promised my eyes that I would not sin against God by lusting after somebody. We all should do that. We all should make a covenant with ourselves with things that cause us to sin. Jesus says, if your right hand causes you sin, cut it off. And now that's, again, metaphorically saying that. It's, 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 it's more of, you know, okay, I'm not saying cut your arm off, so I don't want everybody to hear me. It says, if your right eye causes you sin, pluck it out. You get where I'm going with this. But the, the point of the message is making a covenant. A covenant is an agreement between two parties. Abraham had a covenant with God because of his faith in God, and the covenant was to circumcised the foreskin. And so when God makes a covenant between man, he keeps it. It's binding. Like making a vow to God, you should never break a vow to God. If you ever make a vow rashly and you don't keep it, you sin. You know that. So the covenant between your eyes. Why the eyes? Because the eyes tell us, dictate to us what we want and what we're going to do. It started in the garden. Eve looks at a beautiful fruit tree and she knows she's not supposed to touch it, but it was pleasing to the eye. She picks it, hands it to Adam, and you know the rest of the story. So for Job to say, I made a covenant with my eyes, because the eyes are the window to the soul and the temple of God is our body. And so if our eyes say that's desirable, but it's lust, then we sin. Listen to me. If our eyes look at something that's desirable, but it's not ours, then we covet according to uh, the Bible, and that's Exodus chapter 20. We're sinning against God in the 10th commandment. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's household. That includes his wife, his belongings, and so on. So to make a covenant with your eyes is to say, I will not lust. Say, I will not lust with my eyes after a woman, a man, or even a possession out there, a resource, someone's house, someone's property, coveting according to the 10th commandment. Make a covenant, you will not do that because it leads to sin. It gives birth to sin. Jesus says in Matthew 5, verse 28, that if we look lustfully at a woman, we've already committed adultery in our minds. So if I'm looking at a woman lustfully, then I'm committing adultery. And that's for anyone, man, woman, anyone who looks at someone lustfully is committing adultery, fornication in their mind. 
Now, this is tough. I, I understand that. But Job has said, I made a covenant, a commitment. I made this agreement with my flesh that causes me to do things that would lead me to sin and turn my back on God. So to think about the word covenant. Now, I know the word doesn't ring true to a lot of people in today's lexicon of the terminology because, again, they don't, they don't use that word commonly in our English language. But a covenant is a word that we should take note of very carefully. So here is the definition of a covenant. And you can look this up in the dictionary, Webster's Dictionary. A covenant can be a written agreement or a promise, usually under seal between two or more parties, especially for some of the purpose of action. So if I'm making a covenant with my eyes, I'm having an agreement with my eyes not to look at something that is forbidden in the word of God, such as lusting after somebody. I made it with my eyes, with my spirit, with my soul. Everybody hear me? So that's what a covenant is. Now, the covenant between yourself and your eye, because, again, the eye is, is obviously the window to the soul. And if you're always looking and lusting after somebody, then you're revealing that you're a, co a covetous, lustful person. And that's against the word of God. Covenant can also be a formal, solemn, and binding agreement. So I'm making a binding agreement with my eyes that I will not look lustfully at a girl for what is man's lot from God above, his heritage from the Almighty on high, verse 2. So when Job says, I made a covenant with my eyes, he made an agreement, a binding agreement between himself and his, let's say his spirit, his soul, because he knows that it is sinful, and according to the Torah, to look at a woman lustfully as well. So he says, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a girl, for what is man's lot from God above, his heritage from the Almighty on high? Is it not ruin for the wicked, disaster for those who do wrong? Does he not see my ways and count my every step? See, sometimes we don't think about what our thoughts do. Meaning, I see and I think. Listen to me. I see something, I think about it, I let it... Uh, Settle in my spirit and my soul, my heart, and then maybe I take action on it. So then if I want something that doesn't belong to me, it's like I'm entertaining whatever my mind is saying because my eyes took it in. Your eyes are like cameras. It takes pictures of what's out there and then it stores it in your mind. And then you wrestle with it, you settle with it, you review it within your soul. So if you're looking at your neighbor's wife, if you're looking at your neighbor's husband, if you're looking at your neighbor's brand new car, your neighbor's brand new boat, you're coveting. If you see a nice looking woman or a guy in a grocery store, you're lusting. Therefore, you're committing adultery or if you're single, even fornication or adultery if the person's married. The point here is the Bible is very clear. We have to be careful. So I've learned some lessons from Job chapter 31. That he made a covenant with his eyes. Now, I've never thought about doing that. But maybe that's the word sanctification. 
If I'm going to make a covenant with my eyes, I'm going to set myself apart not to look at somebody with lustful intent. Now, yes, there are good-looking people out there. That's not a problem. Look, but don't lust. Look, but don't touch. We know the story, just like in the garden. Look, but don't touch. Yes, it's pretty, but you can't touch it. You can't have it. You can't covet it. You can't desire it because you were forbidden not to. Obedience is better than sacrifice. We know that. So Job makes it clear that if you make a covenant with your eyes, you have a propensity to be more holy and sanctified before God than committing sins that cause you to have a separation from God. So as he examined his life, he looked at himself and said, if I did this, then I would have this problem. If I did the following, these are if statements. And in in the world of um, social sciences, we scientists look at if statements, hypotheses, null hypotheses, if, that, whatever. So Job is really saying, I made a covenant, that's not an if, with my eyes, that I would not look at somebody lustfully. Because he knows by looking at a woman lustfully, it may lead to him to look at something else and covet and sin against God. So then he goes in verse 5, and he says this, If I have walked in falsehood, or my foot has hurried after deceit, let God weigh me in honesty scales, and he will know that I am blameless. So what he's getting at is, If my eyes are not causing me to sin with the number one problem is lust of the flesh, if that's not causing me to sin, because I made a covenant with my eyes not to sin, then if I do this, which is sinning, then I deserve judgment. Do we not think that way? If I do this, it it leads to this. That's called causality. So Job says in his defense, if I have walked in falsehood or my foot has hurried after deceit, let God weigh me in honest scales because God sees everything. He says in verse seven, if my steps turn from the path, if my heart has been led by my eyes, see, watch where I'm going with this, or if my hands have been defiled, then may others eat what I have sown and may my crops be uprooted. So everything leads to the eyes, in the mind, and the actions. So Job from verse 1 through verse 7 is showing that our walk and our step is dictated by what we see, how we perceive it, how we think about it, and how we operate in it. That's why you can't be a double-minded person unstable in all your ways. And if you want to think about things that are holy and pure, look at Philippians 4.8. Philippians 4.8 tells us, Finally, brothers, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent, or praiseworthy, think about these things. So the Bible's giving us some application here from what Job made a covenant with his eyes that he would not look at a woman lustfully, 
Because if he does, then he just violated himself. He just betrayed himself. He is broken a commitment, a covenant between himself and with God. So you got to be accountable to your own actions. You can't blame somebody. You can't blame um, this versus that. That's what happened in the garden. You need to take responsibility. It's what you see that determines what you're going to think about. If you see a pretty person, man or woman, recognize they're pretty. But don't now settle in your mind and entertain lustful thoughts. Because now you're sinning. And remember what Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 28. If a person looks at a woman or a person lustfully, he has committed adultery in their mind. God will judge, listen to this, God will judge everything that we have said, everything that we have done, and even everything we have thought about. So you, you can't just say, well, I didn't commit adultery in the physical realm, but you did in your mind, so you think you're innocent? You're, you are not. If your mind thinks about coveting, but you didn't go and rob your neighbor, if your mind is thinking about coveting your neighbor's spouse, but you didn't sleep with that person, if your mind looks at this beautiful person at the grocery store or in the airport or whatever location you're at, but you're not literally sleeping with the person, but you are in your mind, you have already committed adultery according to the word of God. And Job knew the importance about making that covenant with his eyes not to sin against God Almighty. Make that decision, make that covenant, that binding agreement between yourself and your, in your eyes, yourself in your mind, yourself in your spirit, not to sin against God. And maybe we can have a victorious life through Christ Jesus by being holy, for he is holy. Do I hear an amen? So then you say, then how do I do it? Then I just read Philippians 4, 8. Philippians 4, 8 again says, finally, brothers, say sisters as well. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So based on that description, lusting after your neighbor's goods is not praiseworthy. It's not admirable. It's not pure. It's not lovely. Do I hear an amen? So think of things that are always going to please God. Don't worry about a pandemic. Don't worry about things that you have no control of, because even the Bible talks about don't worry. Read the Gospels. Worry is sin. Worry is not trusting God. But when it comes to living your life and seeing things, because you, you have to admit, whatever you see will determine sometimes all your actions. I see something, I do it. Here's an example. Watching TV, you see a commercial about fast foods. Come on now, be, be truthful. You'll see uh, Arby's, you'll see Pizza Hut, you'll see something like that. And don't tell me it didn't tell you, go out and get something. <laughs> maybe instead of not going out, maybe you make something in your own kitchen. The point is, the eyes saw, the eyes, were hung, eyes tell your body you're hungry, and therefore you do something about it. Okay? But we seem to forget that whatever we hold in our minds, 
that is not pure, lovely, gracious, anything worthy of praise, if we are sinning in our mind, God's going to judge that. God knows our innermost secrets. He knows our innermost thoughts. So to think that this is a private party you're having and no one can see it, God does. Don't think because you close the window shade of your mind that nobody's going to see and interpret how you're reacting, how you are um, moving about, that nobody's not going to be able to see through your actions that you're doing something inappropriate. I mean, how many spouses have caught their uh, husband or wife, um, you know, checking out somebody? If it hurts your spouse that you're eyeing somebody that you're not married to, and it upsets them, you didn't do nothing, you're just checking the person out. Why? Because you're lusting. If it hurts your spouse, imagine how much it's hurting God. So I want to just take this message I want to take this message home for all of us because I want my life to be pure before God. And I'm not perfect. Listen to me, my friends. I'm not perfect. Things come through my mind like a busy traffic on the beltway or whatever interstate you live on. Just think about that. That's how your mind can run. But then we still have a chance to say to ourselves, slow down, get off the get off the freeway, take an exit, go to a rest area, and meditate on the Word of God. Let God, verse, verse 6, let God weigh me in honest scales. God knows my intent. This is what Job's saying. God knows my intent. He knows my heart. But if my heart's full of greed and pride and 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 lust and everything else, then that is going to drive my actions because I, I allow my eyes to take in pornography. I allow my eyes to take in my neighbor's goods. I allow my eyes to take into my heart and my mind all the things that are of the flesh and the love of the world and the lust of the flesh leads to destruction. And the things of this world are passing away. Verse 7 in closing, if my steps have turned from the path, what path? The path of righteousness, the path of holiness, the path of seeking God and to, to running after the race of doing good. So when I hear, well done, my faithful servant. So verse 7 says, if my steps have turned from the path, add to it, God, if my heart has been led by my eyes or if my hands have been defiled, then may others eat what I have sown, and may my crops be uprooted. I love being blessed by God. I'm sure you do too. And I don't want to be punished by God because of my deliberate, lustful thoughts and actions. God giveth, God taketh away. And this is what Job is saying too. The richest man on the planet at the time lost everything he had even has friends coming and confronting him in their self-righteous approach. That's how I take it. And even Job himself was even wrong in how he was perceiving his plight and his disaster. And then, you know, instead of admitting that God is still sovereign, he still wishes he wasn't born. But my point here is, don't deviate from the path of holiness. Don't deviate from the path of sanctification. Don't deviate the path of helping those that are less fortunate than you. Helping those that are, 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 are weak or those who are poor and those who are hungry. Don't deviate from that path. Stay on that path. 
for you are sent by God to help those that are in need. Don't let your hands rush to grab things that are not yours, to steal, to covet, to desire. Don't don't rush into that. Because God weighs everything and his measurement, his scales are just. Amen? So when you read chapter 31 of Job, and you look at the if statements throughout this entire chapter, take it as a person who's watching someone go through things to self-examine their actions or their life. And even if you look at what you go through and wonder why you're going through hardship, and you say, well, hey, guess what? I, I go to church. I pray, I haven't committed adultery, uh, I haven't stolen from anybody, blah, 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 blah. This is the thing that Job was talking about. You got to be careful because God knows everything. You might have overlooked something. But whatever you have overlooked, just raise your eyes up to God and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, you are a just God. You're a sovereign God. And if I have sinned against you and man, please forgive me. For I know that your mercy endures forever. And as I confess my sins, you are faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and purify me from all unrighteousness. And whatever I am going through, your sovereign hand is upon my life. And I trust that I will get through it because thou art with me. Keep that in mind. Walk in holiness and remember we all go through some difficult times, just like Job in different ways. But never blame God, never curse God, but say, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh, and I will rejoice and praise him forevermore. Thank you for listening. Join me again on our next episode of Sharing the Word. Thanks for listening to Sharing the Word. Join me again as we discuss Bible topics that will help you live a victorious life through Jesus Christ.